Welcome back into Defeating the Curse. Two-man show, a little bit different, a little bit different, but it's the same format. Two weeks in a row now, we've done week in review format. I really like these, not just because it's less demanding on time, but it gives us an opportunity to talk about a whole bunch of different things. Uh, Join this week, though, LP. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. It's been, uh, I feel like it's been like months since I've been on the show. Did you happen? Like the show's gone on without me. Did you happen to hear last week's Week in Review? Uh, I cannot confirm or deny. All right, so I'm going to assume you did. I tried to have an NBA conversation with your boy Stevie, and, and it's Complete like, fail. oh, it, it was painful. It was painful. But we were going into All-Star Weekend. He was semi-interested. He had some prop bets and whatever, but... I mean, you're the NBA guy around here, right? I love the NBA. You love the NBA. What were your impressions of NBA All-Star Weekend last week? I was completely unimpressed. There was nothing Oh, come on. Nothing about that that weekend that impressed me. The NBA's got to do something different. It's just not fun. The three-point contest was boring. The dunk contest was boring. The the All-Star game was boring. No, hold on, hold There's, on, hold on. Like, did did you even did you watch the All-Star draft. game? I did. The All-Star game was – What your boy LeBron came out there playing defense. There hasn't been defense in an All-Star game in forever. This guy, like, yeah, he came out here and was like, ah, we're going to win. You know, he does that whole, like, win thing. But I don't know where that came from. Uh, I'll tell you, I don't disagree with you. I think they got to find some other way to, to get people to care or to get everybody kind of reengaged here because once upon a time a three-point shot was a – a rarity to some extent, right? And that's why you had the festivities around a three-point shooting contest because you had one, maybe two guys on a team that could shoot threes and everybody else was, you know, everyone kind of had a position. The NBA is totally different now than when we were growing up. Everybody shoots threes and everybody shoots a lot of threes. So there's nothing really special about it. They got to like, they got to move it to like half court or something, make it something interesting or, or this is my thing. Let's get, like out of position guys to do it. So let's get centers to shoot three pointers, right? Like you got to mix it up completely. You got to do something crazy. Uh, I'll tell you what I'd like to see. I'd like to see two things. I'd like to see an NBA jam style game where you have hot spots on the court that appear and eight foot rims. That would be so awesome. And then the other thing I'd like to see is I'd like to see them do a uh, knockout. Like, <laughs> knockout is a good games back. Even in. 21. I, uh, you know, that's a good, that's a good suggestion. 21. They did. They did pig once upon a time, but I don't think they do that anymore. But, it's still like knockout um, NBA Jam style. Like, come on, you, you, we can't get technology enough to to put circles on the court that say you know eight points or whatever it is. And, I like where your like, head's at. Actually, I think I think like a tournament, like a twenty-one tournament, would be kind of interesting. But honestly, a game of horse or a game of pig would be a ton of fun too. Because if you want to shoot threes, you can shoot threes depending on who you draw. Like, wouldn't it be something if you had like. Like the 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 three point shooters and the dunk guys, and then they get at random they get paired and they got to play against each other. So the dunk guy is going to be doing dunks, and the three point guy is going to be doing three pointers, like off one foot or I don't know. Like they got to do something um, because it's not it's just not exciting to watch a guy hit three pointers anymore because they hit them all the time. Even the dunk contest, to be honest, did you happen to see Victor Oladipo's leaked dunk that he didn't do in the game? He went three sixty like left-handed or sorry right-handed off the glass caught it with his left and dunked it It, like i still can't believe it when i see it but he didn't make it far enough in the stupid uh, contest to to whip it out right i think i saw the video he did like before he did it before a game like yesterday or something like that but like 
I don't know. I want to if if we're gonna do a dunk contest, show me the best athletes out there. I want to see LeBron's butt out there. I want to see he did Steph it. Curry. Like, oh no, LeBron never did it. it. It's the Rising Stars dunk challenge. I want to see. I don't want to see the Rising Stars. I want to see. I want to see the guys do it. Like I don't know. It's just it's too boring. All right, but like, I'm gonna say the what judging is boring and like oh the, the judging is horrendous. Stupid thing where you go to the audience and pick up a rap star and the it, judging it, is horrendous. I agree with you there, boring. but but you know. I, <laughs> I'm just not a fan of the dunk contest anymore. I think dunking in game, like situational dunking, uh, is a lot more a lot more fun. Especially when somebody jumps over someone or through someone. Like those are incredible. Like those are to me, those get me up off the couch. A guy doing a 360, you know, without a defender in front of him. Like I don't know. Like maybe I'm well, just older. I don't care. It takes I'm him not three sure. times to do it too. Yeah, that's true too. It's it it sucks the air out of the room when you when you miss it. So yeah, okay. I mean, they got to do something to it. I. I used to like the celebrity game. I didn't actually watch it this year, but that's something I usually try to get into and try to watch because it's it's still something that resembles basketball, um, you know. But yeah, the All Star Game itself, though, I actually kind of enjoyed it. I, I wish they go back to East and West. I'm not a fan of this drafting nonsense. I just like East versus West, and uh, maybe yeah, I give them something to play for. I don't know, they, but not home court, but like not like baseball, but something. Um, but I mean, whatever. It came and it went. I- yeah, I mean, five on five basketball, it happens, you know, for 100 and what, 190 days a year or something like that. Like, why does the All Star game have to be the exact same thing? I don't. What are you, are you suggesting, no like three on three or uh, yeah, six like on six? Or, or something. Yeah, do something different. All right. I'm telling you, do NBA Jam style. Well, look, we let's, let's, so you weren't impressed with the NBA All Star weekend. I was indifferent, I think. Steve, I know, watched a little bit of it. Uh, no comment, I guess, from FP. I don't, I don't know where your boy is, and we'll just, uh, I don't know. Do we want an explicit tag? Should we talk about what he's been up to, or should we just, uh, maybe we'll come back to it. Let's come back to it. But anyway, NBA All-Star Weekend in the uh, books. Let's put him out there. No, let's no? do it at the end of the show. Let's do, it at the, let's do it at the end of the show. Let's keep talking some sports here. Just kidding, FP. There's some more stuff that was happening. So NBA All-Star book in the books, right? We had uh, uh, Bradley Beal played all right, you know, in, in the game, uh, representing the Wizards. The Wizards come out of the break and they draw the Cavs. Uh, was it Tuesday night or Wednesday night? I'm not even sure. I think it was Wednesday night. Thursday night. Thursday was the first first day back. Last night? Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're, yeah night. you're right. So they're a doubleheader tonight. They get uh, they get the Cavs and uh, what do you know? They they beat the new look Cavs. Did you? I know you watched that game. You watched Dude, that game, I was, right? I was so hyped for that game. The Wizards did what, real well, man. I'm telling you, like Sadaransky is is a stud in the making. That guy's going to be a starting point guard somewhere in the league. And finally, the Wizards have something in the you know, off their bench that's that's worth something, right? Um, and then they make the big move to bring in, uh, I guess not big move, but something that I talked about earlier in the season, bringing in Ramon Sessions. Um, I think it's a little too late for that because um, you have you have Saransky who's playing lights out. You have uh, Tim Frazier who's coming off the bench, and he's playing a lot better. I mean, dude had uh, 14 assists, um, you know, a couple games back. Um, so I don't know if there's going to be room for Roman Sessions or if he's just uh, the Wizards had to make a move to get a 13th player on the roster, um, and you know he was the cheapest one available, or or what it what the deal is there. But it's a 10 day contract. I, I thought he was a serviceable point guard. But I mean I don't I don't disagree. I'm not really 100 percent sure what they're doing. Uh, you know I don't trust Ernie. I'll ne- I'm never going to be the guy that says an Ernie I trust. I'm still disappointed they didn't make a move at the deadline. It was an it was an unexpected win to be honest. The Cavaliers look much better since they did their their rebuild on the fly, trading six players for four. 
and uh, signing, uh, you know, two trash bags basically to sit there on the end of the bench to, to have a legit roster. Uh, but the Wizards continue to just be an anomaly, man. They're, they're playing really well without John Wall in, like, overall, which is kind of shocking. Um, but at this point, it's not a small sample size anymore. Like, they, they are playing better basketball, better team ball. Uh, they, they go out, they beat the Cavs, but then they put up this uh, this, this turd tonight against the uh, against the Hornets. They can't beat the Hornets. They've already lost twice. This is the third loss on the season. Wizards have lost three to the to the crappy Hornets that are like have- ten games under uh, five hundred. Like this is this is this is a microcosm of all DC sports, the curse and everything else. This like these are the Wizards. They get up for the Cavaliers and they they beat them. I mean that what the the that game wasn't as close as the score indicated. And then today they go out there and they lose by like seventeen. To the Hornets, and this game wasn't as close as it looked either. They were out of it from the beginning. I mean, they let they let the Hornets go for thirty six in the first quarter. I, I mean, I'm assuming well, I, maybe I should apologize. Did you watch this game, or are you on tape delay right now? I'm I'm at halftime. Did the Wizards lose? <laughs> the Wizards. Dude, I told you, don't tell me. The Wizards lost, no. bro. The Wizards lost one twenty two to one hundred five. They gave up thirty six in the first quarter, and I mean, they just got hand. They, Dwight Howard and the. Uh, the no-name Hornets. Can, can you name three players on the Hornets? Kid Gilchrist, Best Dwight player. Howard, okay. and uh, Kemba Walker. And uh, the big, what's the white guy? Um, the, the, the white guy from uh, in the, the, the NCAA championship. Couple. Marvin Williams. Kaminsky. Oh, yeah, Frank Frank Kaminsky. That's right. And yeah. Cody Zeller. He's riding the pine over there. He's... And the only reason why I know that is because I'm, I'm still watching the game. And Jeremy Lamb. This is a cast of characters, man. But why can't the Wizards <laughs> beat the Hornets? The, the Wizards got blown out by the Hornets last time they played by, like, 24, 25 points, something like that. The Wizards, I mean, it's, it's really just the same old. Like, we, we just can't string together wins against a good team followed by a, a bad team the night after. It's just we can't do that. But you look at the standings but, and something that, like, it doesn't make sense, man. Like, you look at their last 10, the Wizards 7-3. and three. The only team that's better than 7-3 and three right now in the in the Eastern Conference, the Raptors going 9-1, and one, right? The two teams that the Wizards are chasing – the Seas are six and four. The Cavs are six and four. The um, who else is out there? The the Bucks are are the same at seven and three. The Sixers like there's a little bit of streaking going on here, uh, but they're seven and three overall in their last ten. You know, seventeen wins on the road. They're getting close to the matching that number their number from last year. Seventeen wins at home. They're they're nine games over five hundred with the loss tonight. Like I I don't I don't get it, man. I just don't get it. Here's the thing about the Wizards. They just they just have to stay in the hunt in the four the top four seed. Um, I don't think they're gonna catch one and two. They were like half a game behind Cleveland yesterday after the win, so they're likely to go three, four, or five. And what they gotta hope for is that John Wall could come back uh, with enough time to get his legs underneath them before the playoffs, and that they could try to make a run in the playoffs. I mean, we've seen. But hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Pump the brakes here, because if they finish three, four, or five. That means they're going to draw the Cavs, the Pacers, or the Bucks. Those are not good matchups. Uh, they would draw the the Cavs, I guess, if they were a four. Uh, they're not going to draw the Cavs because the Cavs would have to be a four or five, and we'd have to be the other one. Okay, so, fine. So, the, so okay, so well, they they could finish four or five. I mean, well, okay, fine. Let, let's let's play out your scenario. So, 
They're going to get the Bucks, who have beat them three times this season already, or they're going to get the Sixers, who have beat them three times this season already. They're going to get the Heat, who have beat them twice. Like, yeah, but we've seen this team in the playoffs. It's, it's a little bit of a different team on the first round. All right, like, all right. Yes, the yes, Wizards but the actually- Bucks, they have no answer for the Greek Freak. Zero. They have no answer for the 76ers. I mean, they, they haven't even been close in the, against those two guys, those two teams. Like, these are things that I, maybe it's a little too premature. Too. They, they Okay, they, they do have that. Yeah, and they'll have a healthy John Wall or serviceable John Wall, too. But I'll tell you, on paper, I, I don't want to see either of those teams. And right now at the four, we're drawing the Pacers. Like, Victor Oladipo and those boys are playing some good basketball, too, man. Like, they're... They were supposed to fall off the map, and they're, they're still very competitive. Like the Eastern Conference, once you get past the Raptors and the Seas, everyone's kind of clumped in there. I mean, look from third from third position all the way down to eighth, even go all the way to ninth. They're separated by six games. Like it's right. close. It's yeah. close. This is the first time in the Eastern Conference in a, in a very long time that the eighth seed actually has a winning record uh, as of as of now. So the Eastern Conference has definitely gotten a lot better. I, I here's the thing. I don't think I think if the Wizards made a trade or made a move at the deadline, I don't think that would have pushed them over the top. You're crazy. You add DJ to I, this team, yeah, it puts them over the top. It puts them into the top two in the in the conference. You add DJ to this team with the John Wall who's out. Okay, but they're they're getting by. You'd be subbing out. You'd be subbing out some garbage at the four and Gortat. Okay, or Porter and Gortat. Fine. But you okay? Think about what you'd have to give up for DJ. Uh, they were Wizards were apparently in the hunt, but they know, were off. They offered Porter and Gortat and a pick, and the the Clips wanted Ubre, Gortat, and two picks. Right, and and that would have been for uh, what thirty games, and then he's a free agent. Why not just stick well, you, out? There but and, hold on, but in that scenario, if they were going to take Porter, I mean, you you offload a contract you can't have on your books come next off season. Because you're going to have to pay Ubre, and Gortat doesn't want to be here, so get something for him, and just move on. I, I agree, but I just I, like who wants Gortat? Like who wants? Like he's not a good team player. He's. I mean, somebody, uh, I'm like, somebody his, out there wants a contract. Is that he's there every game and he's healthy every game. You're right, but did anyone see Blake Griffin going to Detroit? Did anyone see that coming? No. Like, did he want to go to Detroit? Nobody wants to go to Detroit. No. Yeah. I mean, that that just didn't make any sense, but. That's the reality, and you look at you look at where the Pistons are now. They're they're twenty eight twenty eight and thirty. Uh, what six and four though? They got a winning record over the last ten. I mean, it, they're going to be in the hunt too. I mean, they're not they're not that far off. He he shifts the balance considerably. Um, yeah, but but this way you're keeping your your draft pick for the summer. You have money in free agency, which you know who knows if they're going to spend it. But like at that point, then you can probably offload Gortat. Um, but can, what free they, agent are they going to go, go go chase? You want them to go chase LeBron? Are you are you believing Dondre, that? Andre Jordan, Demarcus Cousins, uh, any any center? Well, okay, hold on. But if you were gonna if you're gonna go after DJ, wouldn't you want to test drive him first? You would have had an opportunity to test drive him and then pay him. Yeah. Well, well, who knows if he wants to come here? No, I know, I know. It's like the people we got. We got friends that are oh LeBron should totally come to DC, bro. And it's going to be He's awesome, never, and he can just sad. step right into the three. I, I don't want LeBron anywhere near this team. That'll that'll never happen. No. Let's shift. I, Let, I, let's look I out west. Cleveland did L.A. a favor by clearing out all their, their cap space and clearing out some space for LeBron to go to L.A. I, I don't disagree. I think they'll be in the running. I think someone's going to pay him 
more than what he's worth uh, because they got to sell tickets and do a bunch of other stuff. But, I mean, you look at that Western Conference, you're, I mean, the Lakers are going to have a, a lot of money. That's a marquee franchise. There's no bigger stage in the league. Now, why wouldn't he go there? Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I mean, but the NBA is so crazy to think, like, how many teams put, you know, their franchise player in a trade, like the the Clippers with Blake Griffin. Literally, the summer, they said, hey, we're giving you the, the keys to the franchise. Six months later, uh, you know, have fun in Detroit. So I, I actually mean, commend the Clippers. I think I think Balmer, Balmer made a $2 billion mistake buying the team, and I think now he's trying to actualize and kind of cut some of this cost, right? Because, uh, I mean, yeah, the players are rich, but the owners are really rich. And when you start really, when you start hammering that bottom line, it doesn't look so good anymore. Like the the Clippers at full strength, once they lost Chris Paul, Chris Paul was on it. Like we've been watching him his entire career. He's not the guard he was, right? So the Clippers start making, they start tinkering, they lose. Jamal Crawford, actually, to me, that was probably the biggest not returning player. Him and Redick, I mean, the team at that point just is totally yeah, different. Correct. You're not competing with anyone out West. I mean, the Rockets are, you know, they were running away with uh, with the West. The Warriors are within a game, which is incredible. These two teams are, are neck at neck, 44-13 and, and 45-14. and 14. You know, the Spurs, Popovich still getting it done, man. Even with without Kawhi Leonard, it's unbelievable what that team is doing. But they're a full 10 games back sitting in the third position. Right, and then you got a whole bunch of other teams. the The Thunder have, I mean, they've gone from ninth to fifth in about two weeks. I mean, that's a team that's streaking, even though they've lost six in the last ten. Uh, the Nuggets look a lot better. The Jazz, I mean, that's the team to me that everyone should keep an eye on. I love what the Jazz are doing. I love that roster. They're on a ten game win streak right now. They're sitting in tenth at thirty and twenty eight. But you know, that that's a team that can play. They can re uh, sorry eleven game win streak eleven game yep they Same can with- they can play I mean they yeah. were just think about this before I mean go back eleven games they were twenty what they were sorry they were nineteen and twenty eight right and now they're they they went from they went from nine games under to two games over five hundred and they look great great yeah. right Donovan Mitchell is going to be a star. That guy is good, and and Crowder is legit. We said it off. I said it during off season. Yeah, man, he he's really good. Yeah, you know. So I see them. I think they can challenge for that final playoff spot. Maybe even get to seventh. I mean, at the way they're playing, why not? You know. But the the NBA. Look, I could, we could talk NBA forever. I love the NBA. This is you know, it's not really the second half of the season because it's more than halfway over. But you like this is the best part of the season, right? This is when rotations start to get a little bit shorter. You start seeing some new plays come out of the playbook as you get ready for the playoffs. Like everyone's kind of tw- like tweaking and tinkering. I mean, this is my favorite part of the season, personally. Yeah. So uh, let me ask you something about the NBA. Did you see uh, Adam Silver's um, thought on a playoff, uh, a trip playoff playing game tournament for the final seed on each side of the conference? Like eight versus nine? Yeah. It would be, I guess, you know, nine, eight, nine, ten, eleven have a mini tournament before to get that last playoff seed. Kind of uh, like the NCAA has with a uh, play in the I, I didn't hear that thought, but I don't like that. I think there's actually too many teams in the NBA playoffs because you never get an 8 over a 1. Very seldom do you get an 8 over a 1 or a 7 over a 2. Um, but I understand for the, for the brackets to be nice and smooth, you, you need them to kind of – you need the 8. But when you already think about it, I mean, half, half the teams in the conference make the – 
make the playoffs. I think it's too many to begin with. So I don't want to see any plans. I'd like to see the first round actually get shorter because it gives a chance for more upsets. Like make that sucker like three games. Because if yeah. you're that good, you know, polish off your opponent and move on. But three games is dangerous. You're right. As a DC sports fan, I love the half the teams in the league get, get a playoff spot. Yeah, I know you do. It just gives <laughs> us so much more potential. But could you imagine? But, but but could you imagine like you know you got to win two games to advance? You you would definitely see upsets at that point. Yeah, you're right. You know, you're but right. they went to the seven game eight model over one would be insane. Could you imagine like the Trailblazers upsetting Houston or Golden State? I mean, I. Yeah, I, I actually could see it, right? Because we, ju- we just finished talking about the Wizards who can't seem to beat certain teams. Like, you just got to beat them twice. Like, it's not... Why not? You know? Why not just make it one? Make it one game. Uh, well, I, th- because I think you got to give <laughs> both teams a shot. You know, but, uh, you know... I don't know. Maybe there's a way to do it. Maybe you give the, give the one seed two games. Like, give them the first two games at home or something. Like something like to to yeah. really shift it to them, but could you imagine at that point, like you force a game three, and you get to go home to your like I don't know, you gotta do something, but I don't know. The NBA, this is the best part of the NBA season. I'm excited about it. I mean, here, you know, obviously in DC, we're we're consumed with. Uh, I mean, we're not maybe not consumed with the Wizards, but you know, the Nationals spring training started. You know, I think they had their first game today. I'm not. I don't think we, me and you, probably shouldn't get into too much Nats talk. Uh, you know, like it's a credibility issue, probably. This is why Steve's on the payroll around here. Um, you know, but he's headed down to uh to, to spring training in a in a couple days, so we're excited to you know get his content and feedback and pictures and everything else uh, up close and personal. But they did officially open the summer training season or whatever, uh, losing three two to the uh, world champion Astros, which is kind of nuts. But beyond that, we also got some Redskins stuff to talk about here. I mean. Last week, Steve and I, I picked his brain a little bit about the Alex Smith contract, and I and I admitted, I confessed, that I'm kind of coming around to it now that I'm seeing the money that's being tossed at guys like Jimmy G and potentially McCarron. Like, there's a bunch of guys that are going to get paid that probably shouldn't get paid the way they are. I'm kind of coming around here. Chad Dukes has did a little, he did a little jujitsu on my brain. I'm starting to come around. I'm, I'm, I think I'm okay with this Alex Smith uh, position. I mean, where are you at now that it's been two, three weeks? So, I, if you remember on the original podcast, I think I was the, the most high out of all of us, which none of us were high on the, the deal, period. I mean, we all thought it was a disaster to lose Kirk Cousins. But now, I still stand by, I think the Redskins did the best thing that they could with the situation that they were given. There was no chance that Kirk was coming back, and they knew that. And you got to credit the, you know, the Jay Grudens and whoever else made the decision to say, okay, well, we're not waiting around for you. Um, because we know we're going to lose in a free agency sweepstakes to you. So we're going to just go ahead and move on. Um, the interesting thing was the whole, hey, we're going to still tag you, and then we're going to trade you, and then his camp coming out and saying, well, if you tag him, we're going to file a grievance, um, which is pretty much exactly what Miami is doing to Jarvis Landry right now. They tagged him on the first minute of, of the window, and now they're looking to trade him. So. It'd be interesting to see how that goes, but I don't think the Redskins actually would do that just because it would it would take up way too much salary cap space. And um, at some point, the Redskins, you know, have to completely let go and move on. And I think everyone in D.C. can appreciate that because I'm done with the Kirk Cousins talk. Like I, I, I'm happy that it's over. I'm sad that he's gone. I, I'm I'm a big Kirk Cousins guy. I, 
think no matter what, I think he's a better quarterback than Alex Smith, especially at three or four years younger. But I also don't think that he is also the type of quarterback that would take us from, you know, six, seven, eight wins to a Super Bowl, um, you know, just on his own. So I'm ready to move on from the Kirk Cousins talk. I'm ready to start the Alex Smith era. I think the Redskins absolutely have to hit on some key free agents, hit on some key draft picks to build the team around him. Um, more so let me, let me, I'm going to throw out some names. You tell me if they're coming back to the Skins, yes or no. Kirk Cousins. Let's go easy no. first. No. no. Uh, Will Compton. Uh, yes. Zach Brown. Absolutely. No, not not. do you want them back. Do you no, think no, the yes. Skins I, will bring them back? I, I think they are. I think they are. Yep. I D'Angelo mean, Hall. D'Angelo Hall. I, I don't think he comes back as a player. He may come back on some other Sean Laval. No, I don't think so. Niles Paul. Yes. Pryor. No. Brian Quick. No. Uh, DeShazer Everett. Yes. Really? Okay. Yeah. Breland. Prashad Breland. He's a cheap. Breland's a tough one. I, I don't think they bring him back. At, he's going to be commanding like $10 million a year. I don't think he comes back. Uh, about uh, who else is out there? Ryan Grant. Jay Gruden's uh, favorite, Grant, uh, favorite receiver that I can't catch. He'll come in for a discount because no one else wants him. Trent Murphy. Trent Murphy's an interesting one. I don't. He's coming off the ACL injury. Uh, I think it's an ACL, right? One yeah. Achilles, one, one of the two. So I think his value is low. I think he goes on a one-year kind of prove-it deal. But I'm not sure if it's in D.C. because there's a lot of talent already at, the, at his position. Unless he moves inside, I'm going to say no. No, okay. How about Morgan Moses? What would you say on that one? I think they bring him back. I think I think him and Junior Gallette are probably both going to be back. Um, because I think they can get they can keep them on the cheap, like like you said on on one year prove it deals. I think I think Junior in particular, uh, I think he to me he showed me enough to earn basically the same contract he's had. Like I don't think he gets a much bigger payday than what he was on, which is, which I think was like one one point eight or just around two million or something like that. So I I I think Junior is probably still worth it, um, but Junior's yeah. an interesting one. I, I don't know if you if watched I had... 100, but a fantastic show. If you don't watch it, you should set your DVR on it. But wait, hold on. Didn't you say you cut your cables uh, a couple days ago? Yes. You're a cord cutter? I am a cord cutter, but I still get that channel on DirecTV now. They would be a fantastic okay. sponsor, by the way, if, the, if anyone out that, uh, at DTN is uh, listening. But I, I think if they had to keep one, if I, had to, if I could only keep one, I'm probably going to roll the dice on Murphy, not on Junior. Um, and and it's simply because I think there's there's more likelihood of getting a couple years out of out of out of Trent Murphy Juniors maybe one or two like he I mean he didn't look like him he didn't look like his pre two injuries and two seasons self but he looked he was serviceable he looked pretty good the last three or four games of this season which um, my point was that he made it very clear he would he wants to come back but he also wants. Uh, a, a more prominent playing role. So I don't know if there's really a spot for him because if you really think about it, you have Preston Smith, who you're probably going to have to re-sign this offseason. You have Ryan Kerrigan on the other side. You have Ryan Anderson, who you just drafted one year ago. And you don't want to let players on their rookie deal like not play because that's that's a waste of talent and it's you know it's it's cheap money. So you want to start to develop him, and then you know you have that one other spot. So is that going to be 
you know, Junior or Trent but, but or see, whatever. Is Junior going to be okay tough. with playing thirty percent of the snaps? I think I'm actually. Well, I think I'm gonna. I'm actually talking myself into Junior now because he was he was probably the one of the best pass rushers on the team last year. Even though it was a quiet season for him, he, he was consistent. He played constantly. Like I think, uh, I think you, I think you got to bring him back. Um, I think you got to bring both of them back. Uh, Zach Brown is probably the the one that really stands out. I mean, this guy, I mean, this guy just gets it done. And, and I, I love the, the the you know the intensity he plays with. I think they're going to probably have to go seven seven and a half million to keep him, but I think he's worth it. Personally, that that's that's my opinion on it, and I think they got to sign Spencer Long. I think it probably in that order. I think Zach Brown's got to be their top priority, Spencer Long, and then everyone else is kind of clustered as a tier three, tier four priority. So here's here's an interesting thought that I saw was uh, Spencer Long is kind of short for for a guard. The thought was, would you play? Would you move Ty Inseki inside to guard, which he played I think two games that last year um, with in, the injuries on the line. Because Ty Inseki, that dude is, I mean, he's hes a special talent. I mean, he's got a story, too, obviously, coming from, I think, the CFL or the AFL, one of the, the maybe NFL Europe leagues. But, I mean, the guy's a beast. And you put him next to Trent Williams on one side of the line, I mean, you pretty much plow through anybody at that point. Well, but keep in mind, Trent, Trent didn't have the – I mean, he's showing signs of age now, too. Uh, I think – that's interesting. I think regardless of where you're going to play Spencer along, I think continuity on the offensive line is huge, and he's proven himself, and he's not going to be that expensive. I think at five, five and a half per, he's worth it because, like you said, he gives you the versatility. He can play multiple positions. So I think I think you got to have him personally. I don't I don't see why you would let somebody who who knows the playbook go if he can come at at a reasonably cheap price and he can fill in he can fill multiple holes. So. I yeah, think he's but would be a priority. starter would be the question because I think Chase Ruye is gonna take over starting center. I uh, why himself a little bit last year. No, I think um, it's Spencer's job personally. But I mean, it's gonna be a playoff, uh, uh, a training camp battle. That's for sure. But yeah, I don't know. I think with all the injuries from last year, you can't have enough. Well, uh, a good he, healthy lineman. You're right, and the money that they're not spending on Kirk, they're gonna have to spend on on something else or someone else, right? And Wide receiver is a big gaping hole, and news came out obviously today. I don't know if you saw this a couple hours ago that the Redskins not awarded any con- compensatory picks. So you lose Deshaun, you lose Pierre, you get Zippy, nothing. The I'm actually looking at the story right now. Um, I don't know if you, did you see this by the way. This is literally like four or five hours ago. I did. Yep. I mean, so the re- I guess there's a really tricky formula, but they also signed Terrell Pryor. Um, who takes takes away from that compensatory pick, um, and I, I guess anybody else that they brought yeah in they and, signed it they signed Pryor and Quick which cancels out uh, the the whole compensatory pick nonsense just needs to go away because it seems like it's, it kind of seems like it just seems like a scam to me, um, but it, it it sucks I mean it it was an, an opportunity to get a couple extra picks and again you know because they had to have Brian Quick. They get nothing for him. But you look at the wide receivers that are going to be free agents this year, you know, in, in a couple days here, you know, at the $8 million, $9 million budget mark, Paul Richardson from the Seahawks, Sammy Watkins from the Rams, Moncrief from the Colts. Uh, you think any of those guys are skins next, uh, next uh, September? I've been seeing a lot of Paul Richardson. I don't know if he can stay healthy enough to be on the skins. I want to see them go uh, wide receiver pretty fairly early in the draft, but – you go two young wide receivers with Doxon and, and, and a new draft pick, 
you're taking a really big gamble there because really neither of them have been proven. So I would at least bring in one veteran who can be a solid, you know, one or two right now. We could play on the outside and then, you know, try to bring in someone in the draft and develop them. I mean, we we clearly saw Doxson wasn't, he wasn't, I mean, he wasn't. They need a speed guy. They need a speed guy. None of these guys are speed guys. They need a speed guy because Doxson's going to be your uh, seven yards turn catch and and maybe if there's something after. Um, But I'm not not wowed by any of these guys. But I still think maybe there's a trade out there for him to make. Um, You know, and defensive back is another position that they're going to have to obviously have to spend some money on, especially if Breland walks. Uh, Do you think Malcolm Butler would be an interesting – how would you feel if Malcolm Butler signed with the Skins? I don't think there actually there's a need at cornerback because I think you have Dunbar, you have uh, Fabian Moreau, you have uh, Josh Holsey, so you have some young talent that um, ha- is serviceable. And and you know Fabian Moreau was dra- was was supposed to be a first round pick. I mean he tore a pec, so it's sure. really really like on his pro day. So it's not like it's a, a big injury. It's just it draft dropped off because he. I mean I'm 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 tracking, but sure. but if Malcolm Butler or Kenny Vaccaro, you know the safety free safety from the Saints. If these guys become available, or they are going to be available. You know, would you would you like to see them in a skins uniform? Malcolm uh, Butler, I'll uh, tell you, I'm not convinced on. I think I'm not convinced. Yeah, I think there's something. There's more to the story there, personally, and uh, I don't think it's that pressing of a need. But I always like safety help, and Kenny Vaccaro is a really good safety. Uh, you know, we with, speaking of safety, we haven't talked about this at all. But the Sua Cravens reinstatement in the NFL. He's dead to me. You think he plays this year as a Redskin? Yeah, he probably plays, but you don't know. You can't trade him for anything. So, and you don't know what he's going to give you, and you don't know if he's going to quit again. <clears throat> I mean, this is this is a clown that that worked through training camp to make whatever five dollars an hour, and then the 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 week before game checks, where he's getting like forty fifty thousand a week, he decides to quit. Like, uh, there's a, there's several screws loose there. I'm out on the Sewer Cravens thing. Uh, you know, I'd rather have Vaccaro personally, but or anyone, I, anyone. You're you're a sports guy. I mean, you played sports your whole entire life. If you had a teammate who quit on you, would you be able to like just open him, bring him back in with open arms and trust him? Especially in a violent sport like football, uh, can you really trust that that guy? I think so because I don't think anyone's out there in that split second moment when a play is developing, thinking, "Oh, it's Sua." Like, uh, let me let me watch out for myself. So. I think there's, I think that's more lip service and and uh, hysteria and hype, like media buildup than than actual players. I think the players are going to question it. I think they're going to look at him and say, "Yeah, there's a screw loose there. Uh, something's not right with that guy." But you know, that's actually been in the NFL for a long time. I mean, the era we grew up in when big hits were celebrated, for example, you know, guys like Bill Romanowski were crazy, like legit nuts. You know, you think about like how like a guy like uh, Ronnie Lott or uh, I mean, look, he, even Sean Taylor had a little bit of baggage with him when he came to like people. He was an outsider. You watch that. I mean, right. they're, they're just a little they're just wired a little differently. Right. Like you're you make a living you make a living hit like you make a living by hitting people, trying to knock them off their feet or trying to knock a ball out of their hands. So I think they're just by default wired a little differently. Yeah, it's going to raise some eyebrows, but. No, I mean, if the kid can play, then he's going to play. And if he can't play, then he's going to sit on the bench. But if he's in the game, I don't think anyone's out there saying, oh, you got to watch for, uh, you got to watch out for, for 36 over there because he, he doesn't know what he's doing or you can't trust him. I don't, I don't think there's that much time to figure that stuff out. Yeah. I think there's also more to the story. I think if he comes into the locker room 
you know, start of OTAs and, you know, has an explanation that says, you know, this is the reason why it happened. This is what was what I was going through. And this is what I've done to fix it. You know, I, I think they can accept him. I'll tell I you, think man. you're right. There, there's no chance like he's got no trade value right now. He's on a rookie deal still. So there's really like cutting him doesn't really do anything for you. Let him be the 53rd man on the roster and see see if he can make anything happen. I mean, put him on special teams. Who knows? But yeah, yeah, you can't do anything with him. I mean, they're really painted in a corner. And they're not paying much for him. So like he didn't even accrue. He didn't accrue a year on his rookie deal from the last season. So he's got like two or three more years left. Um, I guess if a team's desperate and talks to him and and can be convinced that he's ready to play football you might get some trade value out of him but i don't see him getting you much more than like a fifth so at that point no, I don't know why who's gonna give it. you would ne- i wouldn't i wouldn't give up a fifth would you give up a fifth for a guy who may or may not be there no way look look the skins uh, the skins they got they got other needs to address through free agency i think if sue is committed then you know maybe you draft a safety and bring him along at the you know, in case he quits again, but it's hard to go and say, "Hey, go go sign," uh, you know, Kenny Vaccaro for a big money contract, and then have Sua sit on the bench. Like the kid has shown, he can play. I think you, I think you, you ride him till the wheels come off, or until his brain stops working, or until he proves himself enough. Like he's a candidate for trade by trade deadline next year. I even if he balls out, I think he's somebody that that will be involved in trade rumors simply because you don't know when he's going to quit again. So. I think you get him out there, you let him show his stuff, and the first time somebody calls and says, hey, is he available? Or maybe you, you proactively shop him a little bit and try to get anything for him at that point. That's what I would do personally because they got the skins got other things to deal with, right? I think they, you know, we talked about the defensive side of the ball, but you look at the, obviously, on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have to do something at running back, and I don't see them going in the draft to get one. Uh, I think they're gonna. I think they can target a guy like Jarek McKinnon, Isaiah Crowell. Those are two very good backs, uh, that are going to be available as free agents. Um, and personally, I'd love to see, I'd love to see either of them uh, in a Redskins uniform. I think they've proven themselves. So, you know, well, why not? Like, why not go with somebody who's proven himself and then, uh, you know, maybe draft and stash and, and develop. But, uh, you know, Jared yeah, but, Mc- but you have your development player in Samaje already on the roster. Right. Uh, You're right. For a third round pick last year or a second round pick, whatever it was. Well, so, but you drafted Matt Jones before him. You dra- like you drafted Alfred Morris before him. Like you, you've you've had this string of less than spectacular. Like Samaji's shown some promise at least. Um, but if you can get a guy like Jarek McKinnon, like why why wouldn't you do that? Like that's the part I'm not I'm not clear on it. Like he he was good. Isaiah Crowell was the in, he was the whole offense in Cleveland. Like he he's a really good running back. He just right. plays for Cleveland, you know. So if they can get the that that caliber of player. I think they got to do it personally because, uh, I mean, whoever you draft is going to have to come up to speed and like learn the playbook. Dalvin Cook is is a one in a million, right? That just steps in. Oh, actually, I take that back because there was like Leonard three or four Fournette. of them. Yeah. yeah, Leonard Fournette. Even even McCaffrey came in and played really well this season. So, you know, it's not impossible. I'm going to say it's impossible for Jay or for uh, not not sorry not for Jay for Bruce. Um, but these like Crowell's a proven entity. And frankly, we would be remiss not to talk about this, but Cleveland is in the running for Kirk Cousins, right? Like, if there's any one scenario that's crazier than the craziness that we're already dealing with with Kirk Cousins is a sign and trade with Cleveland. Like, Cleveland, I don't know if you saw these rumors, but on Monday or Tuesday, the Jets were rumored to be in the 150 range, 
you know, and that was their move, move earth and wind and whatever to get Kirk Cousins. And then on Thursday, yesterday, uh, news broke that the Cleveland, the the Cleveland, I was about to say Cavaliers, the Cleveland Browns were looking at a two hundred million dollar contract for Kirk Cousins. When There's some, no way. What? It, it, released, it comes out to about real, forty. That's a real report. It was a real report. It was. I you, think it, you know who's running part of the scouting there is Scott McLuhan. I'm not who surprised. Just a couple weeks ago, said yeah. that Kirk's not special. Uh, well, he's he. Well, listen, he, do we agree he knows what he's doing? Oh, oh, he knows what he's doing. All right. So, <laughs> would, would they be that crazy to go forty million for Kirk? For uh, sorry, it would be what two hundred over five, or whatever the math comes out to. So forty. A lot of money. Yeah, or maybe they make it five years, right, and a little bit less. Uh, I mean, wow, wow. You know, two hundred over five. Well, even if it's two hundred over six, like that brings the number down in what the, the mid thirties. I mean, that's in that's insanity. But you're Cleveland, and that's what it's going to take for you to get a, you know, top ten, top seven, maybe top six or top five quarterback to come to your town in free agency. You know, but they also got to be looking at their roster and say, hey, maybe we bring back Crowell. You know, our suspended return back from the dead receiver is still a stud, and he's only 24 or 25 years old. Uh, and the defense actually wasn't terrible. Like, And Terrell Pryor's rumored to go back to Cleveland. I mean, whether he does or doesn't, I mean, you need. He has chemistry with, with Kirk Cousins, or at least some, right? They at least spent the first five games kind of, I guess. I don't know. Kind of. <laughs> but the pieces that he wants are going to be Gordon. And Crowell, right? That's what yeah. he didn't have before. And even Duke Johnson, like, it's not the craziest thing in the world. Uh, you know, I don't see him going to the Jets personally. I don't know why anybody would go into the division where Tom Brady has basically made his bed for the last two decade and a half. Like, why would you go there? You're, you're wasting three of the, the next five years or two of the next four, whatever the math works out to. Look, I, I honestly, I think Kirk Cousins is going to go to the highest bidder. I, I think... The guy's smart and savvy and all that stuff. He's going to go to the highest bidder that's not Washington. I think that's just where he's going to go. And I think that's where his mind is set. Something happened with him in Washington where he just doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to play here. But I think he's okay with going to any other team who's going to pay him the most money. And you know what? He's The guy is he's literally betting on himself to the extreme. And, you know, he may make it. He may not. But, you know, that remains to be seen. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a team like like the uh, the Jets or like the Browns or um, maybe even the Broncos and doesn't get past eight wins. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't be either. I, I would be surprised if he goes to Cleveland or New York. Personally, I think those are those are two places where it would be only about the money. And he's made it pretty clear that he wasn't only interested in the money. So that that would kind of like violate what he's been saying and kind of the trust he's built here with fans. So I would be a little a little shocked. Uh, although I could understand Cleveland beyond the money because they actually have some talent there, um, and frankly the Jets do too. But I wouldn't go. I just it doesn't make any sense to say I'm going to go into the division where Tom Brady has just dominated, where he's going to probably dominate for another year or maybe two. Like why would you do that? Um, I think Denver probably is the the safest route because you're stepping into a division that's just not very good consistently. It's it's always upside down and, you know, Phillip Rivers is great, but I mean, he has never proven that he can get to the postseason or consistently get to the postseason and win. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen 
in in Kansas City, and Oakland took a, a huge step back. So really, that's a two team division in my mind, or two. And yeah, a half but you teams. don't think you don't think Papa Gruden can turn the Raiders around in less than a year? I think he can. I don't think. I mean, so. they have. Dude, you know, I'll tell you, I, I'll t- they are stacked at talent, but it takes more than talent to win. And I I I think it's uh, we've seen this before where coaches come back to coaching and they struggle because it's not just observing from afar; it's down in the weeds. I'm not so high on Coach Gruden the second. I think he's been out of it for too long. I think the not that the game has changed. I just don't think he's interested in grinding uh, the Gruden grinders. I don't think he's interested in doing that on a day to day, month to month basis. That's a lot of work, man. That he hasn't been doing. He just rolls in the truck, man. He just goes back and forth and calls games and gets to be everyone's friend. I, I'm just not seeing it. I, I don't get it. I know they needed to make a splash because they're moving. But frankly, their team was good enough to, that they didn't need to make a splash. But I'm not buying the Gruden train, and I think if I'm Kirk, I'm looking at that division. And I'm saying that one's wide open. the 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 AFC East is not wide open, um, and the AFC North is interesting. Like Baltimore hasn't been good for several seasons, and as long as Flacco's on that team, they're not going to really challenge uh, anyone. The Steelers are a good team, right? And they're they're going to be there for a while. I mean. Big Ben's not going anywhere, and that team is built very competitively. Um, you know, and then there's the Bengals, but they really shouldn't yeah, scare anybody. Right. But the so. two teams we didn't really talk about, the Vikings, who who could probably be Super Bowl contenders with Kirk Cousins because they have a really good defense. I mean, they, but they were Super Bowl contenders without him. Yeah. I mean, that's the – I mean, yeah. Right. But I mean, if you're going to pay if you're gonna pay a quarterback, would you rather pay – uh, you know, one of the three that they have on their roster are Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, but it I don't. Make sense but it's me. but it's different stratosphere of pay. You know, it, it's not the same. I mean, they could they could pay any of their guys half, and they'll come back. You know, so I'm. Not, I don't know if they if they would take something that low. <laughs> you don't think Bridgewater would take fifteen million when he's played uh-uh. zero games in three years or two and a half years? No, and Bradford played very well. I I don't think Minnesota makes any sense to me personally because that that team was. And I think it sends a, a, the wrong message too. Like you, you, those guys got you there. You were so close this year, and if you, if and arguably, if they hadn't lost Dalvin Cook, they would have been the team to beat. I mean, that guy was he was legit. Yeah. He was like a young AP. So if I'm Minnesota, man, I, I sit on my hands and I, I roll the dice. I let McKinnon walk. I bring in another. I bring. I draft another running back. Uh, I mean, but you're stacked at receiver. Your defense is serviceable. Well, we'll like. Your defense I mean, is Foles, like, Foles isn't better than any of the guys that the, the Vikings today have on roster, right? And he showed that you just get hot at the right time and you make it work. So if I'm Minnesota, I, I remove myself from consideration. Jacksonville's still a, a team on the outside looking in because they got to find something to do with Bortles. I don't know if you can trade him at this point. And, you know, my personal pick was was New Orleans, and it looks like Breeze is going to get an, an extension there, so that's probably off the table. But to me, that's the one. Like, if I'm Kirk Cousins, I'm waiting for that phone to ring, and it's Sean Payton, and he says, uh, we didn't come to terms with, uh, with Drew. We'd like to bring you in here because he steps into that team. It's a legit Super Bowl contender on day one. That defense was great down the stretch last year. They had a two-headed uh, – uh, fantastic right. running attack. They got some serviceable wide receivers and a brilliant head coach. But it doesn't look like that's really that, that that's going to be possible. But the one thing that's for sure, the one hundred percent for certain, is going to happen. His cousins won't be in a Redskins jersey, and 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 it's a shame, but that's reality. And 
you know, DC sports fans, we we just move on here. Like the, the Alex Smith era begins, although I wouldn't be totally shocked if something happens on March 1st and suddenly the papers go missing or Alex doesn't sign. Like, you know, if you're Alex Smith, I would imagine he's on the outside looking in or starting to get a little bit more acquainted with what's going on here and saying, you know, if that bozo who played seven games, I mean, he's not a bozo, he's a very good quarterback, but if the guy who played seven games out in San Francisco just signed for that kind of money, could I have gotten more by myself? And the answer may have may be yes, to be honest. You know, he's not obligated to sign either. Like that's maybe maybe he pulls a uh, a uh, that'd be a move for the ages. I mean, to completely back out on. But didn't like we that. just see it with with uh, Dum Dum and the Colts? Like we just saw it, right? What was his name? I'm blanking on his name all of a sudden. Uh, the OC from huh. New England. Yeah. Yeah, like he just he, he pulled the okie doke. Yeah, he's like I'm out. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that'd be that'd be insane. That'd be yeah, insane. because what do you do then? Because then you didn't franchise Cousins. He doesn't <laughs> want to come back. You don't have Alex Smith. Like, wow. But it's the Redskins, right? It could happen. Nothing. I'd put nothing past this this front office. Um, have you been watching any of the Olympics? Oh, I love curling, man. Curling is cur- curling is, is up, crazy. Dude. No, I'm I'm not joking. Like, if there's a curling rink anywhere in D.C., it's called Maryland, Virginia. Let me know because right. I will be there. Oh, come on, man! I, please, are you tell you haven't watched anything else? Did you watch the women's hockey? No. You watch women's hockey? No, I, I didn't watch the hockey, but I watched this the Lindsey Vaughn and skiing. I watched uh, the the. Uh, Do you watch cross country? Skating. Figure skating. Cross-country skating is, is legit. Dude, I didn't peg you as a figure skating. Is that is that your favorite, uh, you know, embarrassing sport of the Olympics that you get into? Figure skating? No, I told you it's curling. Okay, Curl- but, I mean, I'll, I'll pick curling over over any other sport in the Olympics. I kind of like the figure- speed skating. I kind of like speed skating, uh, especially the one where they push each other. The relay race. The relay. Yeah, the yeah, team yeah. pursuit is garbage, but the relay that one's <laughs> that one's pretty good. Especially when they wipe out. It's dude, it's a, it's a legit sport. It's kind of crazy, and bobsledding too. I, I get I get a little silly for bobsledding. I don't know why. There's something about a cannon going down the the track at 90 miles an hour with the uh, like the guy in the back who's just tucking his head in. Like, I mean, you gotta have like iron balls. Like, you just put your head down, go 90 miles an hour, and just trust that it's not gonna the rails aren't gonna come off. Especially when that German sled or whatever it's called flipped. Man, my heart stopped. I was like, "Yo, they died. It took his head off." Yeah, it's yeah. And it, the thing is, bobsledding wouldn't even be a thing if it wasn't for Cool Runnings. You can't mention bobsledding without mentioning Cool Runnings. I, I think that movie really made bobsledding a thing. <laughs> if you say so. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's cool is that? Uh, did you see the other sledding one where they go down the bobsled track? But like skeleton. Oh, dude. Skeleton. Dude. Insane. Skeleton is. Uh... Uh, I mean, all right. If I what put about you ski jumping, did you watch ski jumping? Nah, I don't care about the ski. I don't really get into the like. What are you I, talking about? They literally fly over a football field in a half, and yeah, you're not going to get but into. But there's that? no flips or tricks or anything. It's just who can jump farther. It's not that interesting. They don't even jump because the machine pushes them, and all they Whatever. do is just kind of stand there. Okay, but, but okay, mean, but to your okay, but so this is my point, right? Like I could put you, or even better. Your brother could do ski jumping, or somebody who could ski could theoretically do ski jumping. I like things that I know I cannot do, because then I can appreciate the complexity of those things that I cannot do. Right? That's why can I don't care about running. No, but we could. We could. No, I can't. I mean, we could. We probably couldn't get that sled moving. That thing weighs like ninety pounds or one hundred fifty pounds or 
Actually, no, the sled it's, is. Let me look it up. It's on ice. It's on ice. Why? How could you not get it moving? No, no, dude. It's not. It's not like it weighs nothing. A bobsled weighs. Get this. The a bobsled, including the crew, is fourteen hundred pounds. What? Fourteen hundred pounds. No way. That's the four man team. Yeah. A two man team comes in at eight hundred and sixty pounds. That's insane. So that, that is a lot. Uh, let's say each person's 200 pounds. So that bobsled's 400 pounds? The bobsled is... A, it's capped at 382 pounds. That's insane. Is that with could or we, without on the inside? Without. Could we push... Uh, could, we push could we push anything 300... Could we push a 400-pound piece of metal to 40 miles an hour and then jump in it? And then somehow I, I steer actually, it down the track? Remember, I remember once upon a time, uh, maybe some of our, our OG listeners will, will get this reference, where there was a red Geo Metro in the parking lot, and certain people <laughs> picked it up and dropped it. So I, I think that Geo Metro was over 380 pounds. <laughs> okay, fine, fine. So maybe. But uh, yeah, the, the ski jumping, I don't care about. The half-pipe ski thing, I don't care about. The cross-country is it's kind of fascinating just because of how long they go up and down. And the biathlon? That's kind of, I mean, that one too, like, I don't understand why it's a sport, but I enjoy watching it. You know, like, why why do you ski and then have to stop to shoot a gun? Like, I don't, I, I don't, like, did it start as like a hunting thing and then it morphed into this? I have no idea. Uh, Is it a paintball gun? I think so. It's like an air rifle or something. They're shooting BBs yeah. at a target, but it's not close. And they're huffing and puffing from skiing, so they got to stop and, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's nuts. It's nuts, but I am I am a little little weary. The states are, you know, the U.S. of A. is uh, currently sitting in fourth in medal count at twenty two, chasing Norway. Man, the, the the running away with it, and the Germans and the Canadians. We can't lose to Canada, okay? Like Canada doesn't even have a military. We can't lose to Canada. <laughs> it's winter sports, man. Like half the country doesn't even get get those sports. No, but we still, we're still. This is United States of America, man. We can't be, we can't be in fourth. We got. They we're gotta, talking about United States of America. We're not even in the World Cup. Uh, but we are gonna do some World Cup shows. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. It's around the corner here. It's not too far away. Have you been keeping track of who the U.S. is bringing in as a GM and head coach? Uh, no, don't care. Have you been watching Champions League, actual soccer? A little bit. Um, I saw the Messi. Uh, Barcelona game two nights ago that was that was intense dude Messi's got to be the best player in the world right now hands down I mean not even close yeah, I mean, uh, but Barcelona's stacked too Barcelona's stacked there's only one person chasing Messi and they've been chasing each other for several years now although Neymar could click see the Neymar piece is a little bit and I somewhere you know FP's eyeballs are rolling into the back of his head uh, the Neymar claim to be the best player in the world simply doesn't hold any water to me anymore because he he joined the best team in the league that has no competition. So I, I'm out on him. Um, and and he frankly, pulled the LeBron. He yeah he, he basically did. Um, you know, so it's the the Champions League I've been watching. Like I watched, I watched, I'm watching some Europa too because uh, the Gunners and the miserable season that they continue to have, but. Uh, they lost actually this week, if I'm not mistaken. They're still on top of their table on the group in their table. But the uh, the Barcelona um, Chelsea game from a couple of days ago, you know, it wasn't the most exciting, but I really did enjoy it. I mean, it, it, the goals put in by uh, William and, and uh, Messi were excellent. But you know, 
We can I could I could talk soccer for a long time, especially Champions League and uh, and EPL. But we the the uh, World Cup is around the corner, and I think we will be doing quite a few. Uh, I don't know. If we'll do daily recaps, probably at minimum, uh, what weekly group recaps, probably. I, I think uh, we'll be ramping up uh, World Cup coverage uh, tremendously, and um, maybe even a live show. <laughs> oh yeah, you are you going to uh, are you going to the World Cup? Uh, DTC is sending me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll we'll work. We'll see. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can find in the budget for you. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts? Final thoughts. Uh, uh, is curling on right now? Curling is not on right now. It's the finals and the uh, figure skating. <laughs> That's your Are thing. Because you... if it is, I got to go. It, it is. It's actually on right now. It's on my little uh, my little TV in the command center down here. Um, yeah, but this was good. We we definitely went longer than expected, but this was a good conversation back and forth. I feel like we've covered all DC topics and some other important things also. It was good. That's right. The DC curse uh, is probably still going to live on throughout the spring. Um, we saw that it has affected USA uh, in both the Olympics and in World Cup qualifications. So, uh there are some positive things to look forward to, but uh, I mean, let's be real. Let's be real. Come on, let's let's not lie to the people, okay? Let's not lie to the people. The DC hey, man, sports curse lives. Stevie's gonna go down and, and taste it firsthand at Nat's uh, Nat's training camp next week. The Redskins are a mess. The Wizards can't beat the the the, the Bobcats or whatever the team from Charlotte's called. The Capitals are they they gave up first place in the uh, in the in their division. Yeah, the the sports curse is alive and well. And we'll be here to continue to talk about it and, and see how it plays out. But for now, for the uh, the biggest fan of curling, LP, for the fan of all things Olympics and soccer and food, my name is Joe. Thank you so much for listening. This has been DTC Week in Review. Until next time, we are out.